Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Go to Psalm 119. It should be right in the middle of your Bible as you're going there. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I don't want to sit next to nobody else but you today. Come on. Tell somebody they look good this morning. Come on, smile at that person next to you. Tell them to smile back. Can you turn to the second option, option number two on the other side? Tell them, I'm glad you're next to me too. Come on. Good to see you, Nico. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Um, it's actually the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and we're going to read all of it today. Um, you don't want to read the Bible? Psalm 119. I'm just kidding. We're reading a section. All right, West Campus got me going crazy. Well, um, Psalm 119, beginning to read in verse 97. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We're going to put it up in the Bible in the sky behind me. Psalm 119, beginning to read out of verse 97. We usually read about five, six verses or whatever. Today, I'm going to read a little bit more, so I want you to follow along. Because I think this section of Psalm 119 is extremely, extremely important. Look at what the psalmist says. He says, oh, how I, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and they make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I may obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Verse 105, I want you to highlight that or underline that if you can, is where we're going to kind of key on today. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Come on. I've taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I've suffered much. Preserve my life according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very and come on, anybody grateful for the word of God? Come on, can we put our hands together for the word of God right there? That's some good wisdom. That's just some good wisdom in Psalm 119, that section right there. Today, as we're talking about feeding loss or being lost, I want to talk about that today. For the next few moments, focus on Psalm 119 and what the psalmist is trying to tell us and how that, that relates to us feeding loss. And then we'll worship God. And uh, we'll go home and have an incredible, incredible rest of uh, the day. I want to talk to you from this subject. If you're taking notes on your phone or on a notebook, I want to talk to you from this title. I'm already there. I'm already there. I'm already there. Come on, why don't you high-five three people around you and tell them, I'm already there. I'm already there. I'm already there. I'm already there. Come on. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you already for the incredible Sunday that we've had. 
and it's still morning time. Thank you for the rest of this day and the rest of the services that we have coming up. Thank you for every single person that's watching across YouTube, across the world, in different places, across Facebook and live stream. Every single person that calls this place home, that calls Calvary home. God, thank you for loving us. And we're grateful this morning. We thank you for loving people like us. You're good. You're awesome. We give you all the praise and all the honor. It's in Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Come on, in Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on, make some noise. He's good. He's a good God. Hey, this week, uh, we actually just got back on Friday evening from uh, a week uh, that we took off to kind of just refocus, recalibrate as a staff. This past week was our staff retreat, and uh, we do that once a year where everybody that works at Calvary, we kind of just go away for a couple days, kind of like a little spiritual retreat, and we also do some team-building activities. But uh, there's an incredible staff here of about 21 people that work here all week long, and some of them do way more than 40 hours. 40 hours for them is nothing. They work 50 hours, 60 hours. They go over and above to make this church happen and to turn this community into a family. In fact, can we give them a hand? I think it's the best staff I've ever known in my life. Come on, can we give them a big hand? All 21 people. I love them dearly, and me and Anna consider them family, and we love them a whole lot. So we took this week to kind of just go and refresh ourselves, relax, spend some time together, and had moments of worship and prayer in the Word, some different sessions. And then we did some team-building activities, and we had a whole lot of fun as well. Uh, we actually separated the staff into two teams. It was a red team and a blue team. And uh, there was competition, friendly competition, family, but competition all week long. And I just want to say that my team, the red team, absolutely demolished, destroyed, beat, snuffed out the blue team. And so shout out to all the red team. Come on, one time. Red team completely won. I told them to pick the red team for the beginning. Red is the blood of Jesus. You're always going to go good with that. But um, red team was amazing. Uh, on the way up there, we, we drove up there on Tuesday. Me, Diana, Marilyn, one of the girls that works here on staff, she got in the car with us, and we, and we drove up to where staff retreat was going to be. And it was about four hours away up in the Orlando area, and we took off on Tuesday afternoon. And, and I've driven to Orlando multiple times. If, if you're from South Florida, most of our vacations were in Orlando, and so anytime you have a day off, you try to go up there and relax, or at least for the most part. Um, and so I've, I've done that drive multiple times. And so where we were going to be staying was near the Orlando area, and I'm trying to now be a focused driver. I'm trying not to drive and be on my phone. Come on. Not even at red lights. I'm really trying hard. And so, so yeah, come on. And so um, I'm trying. And so, so the whole way up there, I'm like, okay, I know how to get to Orlando. Once I get close to Orlando, I need help finding where we were going to stay. So I told Diana, my co-pilot, she was on my right-hand side, can you, can you lead me? Can you put it on the ways, on the GPS, so that I know where I'm going? And once we got close to Orlando, it's already been about four hours to get up there. I was driving safe, slow. Um, got to Orlando, we started making all kinds of turns. I had no idea where we were going, never been there before. And, and after a while, I'm like, this road seems like it's taking forever. I didn't look at my phone, I didn't look at ways. I'm, I'm just listening to her direction. And sometimes that can be difficult to trust somebody else that's leading the way. And after a while, I'm like, where are we going? Like, this seems like, like we're just lost. Like, she told me to make a left three times. That's a circle. Come on. That's a circle, somebody. Like, where are we going? Like, I have no idea where we're going. You know that life can sometimes seem that way. Life sometimes, it can seem like this long road 
and it seems like there's no direction, there's no aim, and there's no purpose in life. Have you ever been lost in life? Just lost. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's next for my life. I'm, I'm feeling lost. Maybe it's life circumstances like we spoke about last week or a mental state or sin that takes us to a place of feeling lost. Maybe, maybe I was married and I went through a divorce and now here I am on the other side feeling lost. Maybe it's a health issue that came and affected me or my family and now I'm feeling lost. God, what do I do next? Maybe, maybe I've just been single for a long time and I have no idea. Maybe, God, I can't get out of this financial place and, and I'm still broke. God, I need some help. I'm feeling lost. Maybe you walked in here today and this is where you're at. You're, you're saying, Alex, I'm lost. What's the point of my life? It feels like it has no purpose. I think, I think the big problem that happens is that oftentimes when we're lost, it can feel like we're going to be lost forever. Like I'm not just lost. Now I feel like I'm not getting out of this. I feel like I am going to be lost for the rest of my life. And all of a sudden, if you're not careful, you will find yourself hopeless while you're lost. Now I'm lost. And now I'm hopeless. I'm never going to get out. Life is always going to be this way. I'm never going to find direction. I'm never going to find purpose. I'm never going to reach a goal or a calling because I'm lost and it's going to take forever. Ever been lost? It's an ugly feeling to be lost. I've shared this example before, but years ago when I was about eight years old, my parents took us to the youth fair. My parents are right here. They're amazing parents. But that year, they lost me at the youth fair. Great parents, love them to death. They're amazing. And I remember looking around and, and I'm like, where's my mom and where's my dad? Right? That sense of being lost, it, it stays with you for a while because it's not a good feeling. And I was so angry. I was so confused. I'm like, all I wanted was an arepa a choclo and you left me behind. That sense of being lost. And a lot of us, that's where we're at. We're like, we're lost. God, where are you? It's hard to be thankful when you're lost. It's hard to give up a praise when you're feeling confused. It's hard to pray when you're feeling lost. Because you want to talk to God, you want to communicate with God, but I'm lost. And I'm confused, and God, I'm not liking you. God, I'm, I'm upset. One of the things that I was thinking about this week as we were preparing for this weekend, and I was going over the message, was that life can take your direction, but life can't take your spirit. And one of the things that we always have to remember, even when we're lost, is to keep the right attitude. Oh, come on, because attitude will determine a whole lot in our life. Come on, if you can keep the right attitude, if you can keep the right perspective, it will help you out even when you're lost. I'm not going to let this thing stress me out. I'm not going to let the not having a GPS drive me crazy. I'm not going to let somebody else that's leading my destination drive me up the wall. I'm going to trust and I'm going to have the right attitude. I'm going to wake up with a new perspective because I can't control what happens to me, but I can't control how I respond to it. I can't control what life throws at me, but I can't control my spirit in that situation. I can't control the cards that I was dealt, but I can't control the heart that I have inside of my spirit. Come on, somebody. Your attitude will determine your altitude. Oh, come on. You can wake up in the morning with a different attitude. You can walk into the service with a different attitude. You can wake up tomorrow for a brand new week with a different attitude. I can choose my heart. I can choose my spirit. I'm not going to respond the same way people are treating me. I choose to respond different to life circumstances because my attitude can determine a whole lot. And so we need to get a right perspective on our attitude. How's my attitude 
even when I'm feeling lost. Because life oftentimes will have us feeling lost, but I can stay with the right attitude. And this is what we always have to remember, that it's only a season. And I really felt that in my heart as I was preparing this week. Listen, you may be lost right now, but I want to tell you, it's only a season. You won't be lost forever. It's only a season. It's only a season. It's only a season. And I believe that God brought me here to tell you today, this too shall pass. You won't be lost forever. You won't be confused forever. You won't be wandering forever. You won't be guessing forever. You have a good God that's with you. You have a good God that's on your side. And if God be for me, who can stand against me? Come on, he'll lead me all the days of my life. His hand is upon me. He will guide you. He'll lead you beside still waters. He'll take you to green pastures. Come on, this is only a season. And so you may be in a storm, but sooner or later, come on, those clouds will have to move. Oh, come on, just like the snow that begins to melt when the sun comes out. I'm here to tell you this morning that the sun will come out. The snow will begin to melt. That darkness will begin to lift. That darkness will begin to fade away. Come on, light is coming. It's only a season. You're not going to be lost forever. You won't be wandering forever. You're not going to be guessing for the rest of your life. Come on, there's a good God that's on your side. He will bless you. He's promised to take care of you. It's only a season. It's only a season. I want to tell you today that you may be in a season, but you're not in a snare. You're only in a season. You're not trapped forever. I know you're feeling lost. I know you're feeling confused. God, I want to be thankful, but I don't know what to do next with my life. I want to tell you, you're not going to be trapped there forever. It's only a season. Because sooner or later, God is good, and he'll show you the direction you need to take. Come on, anybody grateful for our God? Can you give him a big hand this morning? Oh, come on, can you lift up a praise this morning if you know he's good? Come on, he's a good God. So I'm going to choose my attitude. And remember, it's only a season. Psalm 119. I decided to go to Psalm 119 this week because I believe Psalm 119 is vital. Like, we, we should know Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is absolutely beautiful. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. And the psalmist that wrote it, wrote it with precision. It was a poem. He was certain if he was writing, he wanted to make sure we understood what he was writing. Many believe it was King David. Some say it was Daniel, and some say it was Ezra as they were rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem. Either way, these are three men of God who have walked through some battles and been through some days, and now they're writing an incredible poem about the God that they serve. And it's a beautiful poem, and it has so much imagery in it. We should read it. We should know it because it has themes that really help us out in our life. One of the major themes in Psalm 119 is that he's saying how every man and woman of God are going to have affliction and persecution in their life. I don't know who promised you a good life once you started following God. It is good and it's full of amazing blessings, but that doesn't mean that storms won't come. That doesn't mean that tough days won't come. That doesn't mean that people won't hate you. Jesus said if they hated me, they'll hate you too. And so some tough days might be up ahead, but we have a good God that's with us in spite of the tough days. 
And so one, Psalm 119 is good for the soul because if David or Ezra or Daniel went through it, then surely I'm going to go through it. But if God came through for them, then surely God will come through for me. And as I read Psalm 119, I'm encouraged because I realize that the God that came through for them is the same God that's here today. And if he was like that yesterday, that means he's going to be like that today and he's going to be like that tomorrow. And so Psalm 119 is really an encouragement for our soul. In fact, Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers of all time that lived in the 1800s in the United Kingdom, said every Christian should memorize Psalm 119. That's a whole lot to memorize. <laughs> Pastor Charles, did you memorize it? <laughs> but he says that's how important it is for us. Memorize Psalm 119. The other major theme in Psalm 119 is how much the Word of God is magnified, exalted on high. Whoever wrote it, whether it was David, Ezra, or Daniel, they make sure to put the Word of God at the center of this entire poem. And they make sure to magnify it and tell us how important the Word of God is. Now, I picked Psalm 119 for that very reason, because when life is difficult, when life is hard, when it seems like life has gone dark and we are lost in our ways, there's only one source that can bring light to our path. Oh, come on. There's only one source that will illuminate any dark day. I can wake up with a bad attitude, and I can wake up with my eyes darkened, and I can wake up with my spirit vexed, and I can wake up all confused about life. But when I open up these pages, there's some life, and there's some light inside of these pages. And Psalm 119 reminds me of that because when I get to verse 105, it says one of the greatest verses that we find in Scripture. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Come on. Anybody grow grateful that we have the word of God. That means that you can wake up in the morning and you could be going through some dark days, but you got to turn on the light that's right in front of you. Come on, we got a lamp right in front of our eyes that it will illuminate the path. Oh, I know it's dark. I know we're in financial trouble. I know we went through a divorce. I know in my body I'm sick. I know I'm feeling discouraged. I know depression wants to get me, but when I turn on the light, oh, come on, my eyes light up. My soul lights up because I have the word of God with me. Come on, everybody grateful for the word of God. And so today I, I wanted us to focus on the Word of God because I think so often we go to other things instead of the Word of God. Right? It's humanity. Myself included, all of us, when we're lost, confused, we, we don't run to the Word of God. In fact, the higher percentage of Christians, we only open up our Bibles once a week. And that's on Sundays. And today I, I wanted to show the importance of really having a relationship with God. But I think a lot of times Christians, what we do is that we have a relationship with a pastor or a leader or a church. But God didn't call you just to have a relationship with a church. He called you to have a relationship with his word. To know the word. In other words, don't just follow what somebody says off a platform. That's good, and we need spiritual leaders in our life. But what you need is the word of God to get it up in your heart. Come on, to get it in your mind, to get some verses deep down in your soul. Because when trouble comes and nobody else is there, come on, the word of God is always going to be faithful. It's always going to be one that you can stand on. Come on, that's a sure foundation. So we need to fall in love with the word of God. When life is confusing, when I don't know where to go, I run to his word. And it's a light to my path. It's a lamp on my feet. Humanity, we run to other sources, right? We'll run and we'll call some family member that loves to gossip. <laughs> we'll run and we'll call our auntie that's going to tell us about our cousin and tell us how they ran their life. And we'll call our friend that really has, doesn't have our best interest in their mind. It's going to tell us how they handled the situation. Come on, we'll call Miss Cleo and talk about how she can tell us the direction for our path. 
Come on, we'll open up the newspaper or magazine and we'll see what a horoscope says and how my day is going to go. I'm going to see what the stars align. And maybe that will determine my mood. And that will tell me how my life is going to go. And maybe that will bring some light to my path. And I think if we're not careful, humanity is running to substitutes instead of running to the actual source. Come on, everybody grateful that we have the source. I don't have to go to the stars because I know the God that made the stars. Oh, come on. I don't have to go to a psychic because his word already spoke and his words already written and he can already direct my paths and he can show me the way. Come on. Anybody grateful for the source? Can you put your hands together today? If you're thankful for the word of God, come on. It's an awesome word. If you get one word in your heart, it will change your life. One verse will change your soul. One verse can change your direction. It's just one word of God can change your life forever. And I really think we need to fall in love with the Word of God. Psalm 119, the psalmist, he's making much of the Word of God. He's saying, oh, how I love your Word. I love your precepts. I love your decrees. Oh, how I love your law. He's calling it all different kinds of things. He's saying, I love it. I love it. I love your word because when life was difficult, your word was there for me. Because when I had enemies around me, come on, your word made me smarter than my enemies. Come on. Anybody want to be smarter than some of the haters you got in your life, than some of the people that you got in your life that are not good for you? Getting God's word is going to give you understanding and wisdom beyond anything this world can ever give us. And he's making much of God's word. This is why I picked Psalm 119 because I really believe that when we're lost, when we're confused, in the Word of God is where we will find the will of God. It's in the Word of God that we will find the will of God. Alex, I'm lost. I'm confused. Where do I go? I'm feeling, I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling like I don't know what's next. What do I do? I think one of the first things, I don't know everything, and all I'm sharing is some things that have helped me. One of the things that we should do is get in the Word of God because in the Word of God, we'll find the will of God. Get in His Word. Get in the Word of God. And there we'll find the will of God. And eventually, when you're walking in the will of God, you'll start walking in the plans of God. What does God have for my life? What do I do next? Here I am sitting on the other side of what life has thrown at me, confused. Separation has happened, hard times, tragedy, death, confusion, darkness, depression, discouragement. Life has been hard. What do I do? Get in God's word to find his will and to find your plans. And so I think as we get in the word of God, we'll start to find out what his will is. And so the question is, what is God's will, right? What is God's will? Well, I think this, as we start to find out, the word of God, as we start reading it, not only will we find out what his will is, we'll also find out what his will isn't. In other words, some of us are lost today because we're walking in things that we, we should know are not God's will for our life. And so I have three quick things, and we'll finish with this. I have three quick things that I think can help us today as we, as we look through Scripture and as we think about the Word of God. I'm lost today. I'm trying to give you some practical things that I think we can carry out in our life to help us when we're feeling lost. I'm lost today. What do I do? Well, the Word of God tells us clearly at least some things that we shouldn't do. And if we start that way, we'll start to get some direction in our life. So number one, what we should do is that we should break unhealthy habits in our life. The first thing that we should do is break unhealthy habits. Somebody shout break. In other words, there's some things in our life that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing. And as we get in the Word of God, clearly we'll see, well, maybe I'm doing some things that are outside of God's will for my life. 
but I'm stuck in a cycle. And I keep getting the same results because I keep doing the same things. And I'm still lost because maybe I'm still following the same steps that I took yesterday. In other words, if I want to lose weight, and I've been trying to lose weight for the past two years, but I keep doing the same thing that I've done the last two years, which is having Popeye's chicken sandwich, then maybe I'm not going to lose weight. Come on. Some of us are caught up in dysfunction that you know doesn't function. I call it the cycle of being a cycle, which means you continue doing the same patterns that aren't taking you nowhere. And as you read the word of God, you'll find out this is not God's will for my life. So eventually I have to put some stop to some things and say, I'm not going in that same direction anymore. I'm not going down that same path anymore. It didn't take me anywhere last week. It didn't take me anywhere last year. It hasn't taken me anywhere for the past five years. So today I decide to stop some things in my life. I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I'm not going. I'm not going in God in things that are against God's will for my life. And so I may not know exactly which direction, but I know which direction not to take. It's in the will of God. Come on, you, you open up the word of God and you begin to find his will. And you begin to find what's not in his will. And so some of us, we, we may not like it because the word of God, remember we said this a few months ago, the word of God is like a mirror. Remember that? So you open up the Bible, you see yourself. And all of a sudden you see some things in our life that we need to correct. And we don't want to hear that. Nah, let's talk about faith. I want to talk about faith. I want to talk about grace. I want to talk about faith. I want to talk about mercy. Come on. Like we don't want to hear, hey, change that attitude. Hey, don't do this again. Hey, this is not God's will for your life. Nobody wants to hear that. Like we open up scripture and says, hey, God doesn't honor gossip. Hmm. Maybe I should stop gossiping. Hey, God doesn't honor talking to that coworker the way you've been talking because you're married and God doesn't honor adultery. And hmm, I don't, hmm, give me more faith. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God doesn't honor lying. Maybe I shouldn't be lying on my taxes and lying to the government so I can get more back. Doesn't happen here. I'm just saying other churches. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I need to break some unhealthy habits in my life. I may not know God's entire will, but I, I know some things that are not in his will. Hey, Maybe I shouldn't be living with my boyfriend or girlfriend until we get married and honor God because God doesn't honor premarital sex and fornication. Oh, wait. Mm, I don't like it. But God honors me saving money, so that's why we moved in together. Come on, it's quiet at 11 a.m. Come on, I know, I know. I know I'm saying some things that are difficult, but I need to hear it too. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody, because the word of God will show us like a mirror Hey, you're not honoring God. And maybe you're lost because you're going against the law of God. The, come on, the precepts of God, the, the decrees of God. And maybe I need to get back into his will. Maybe I need to get back into his will. Some things are clearly not in his will. So maybe today, some of us, we need to, we need to break unhealthy habits. Hey, maybe today, some of us, we need to delete some phone numbers off our phone. Hello? Those friends aren't taking me anywhere where, where I'm supposed to be. 
those conversations are leading me. Hey, that coworker, we're, we're talking too much, and that conversation is going out of place. I want to honor my husband. I want to honor my wife. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to cut off some of these people because they're taking me to the same parties and the same bars, and, and I have a substance abuse problem, so I may have to stop some things because I want to I want to line up in the will of God. Come on, somebody. I want to line up in the will of God. I can't continue doing what I want to do with my life. I have a God who's going to lead me, who's going to direct me, but as I honor him, he's going to turn around and honor me. Come on, that's the spiritual laws, right? I know it's challenging. I know some of the things I'm saying is challenging, but we need to be challenged. It can't just be always faith and motivation and tell me how good I am. Yeah, but you need to honor God. And so a lot of times we're, we're praying for God to bless something that he already said he won't bless. And so when I open up the word of God, I need to be challenged. And God, what are some areas in my life that needs fixing? So some of us aren't in his will and we're lost. Because we've been following our heart. And we've been following our feelings. But the word of God doesn't tell me to follow my feelings in my heart. In fact, the word of God says that my heart is deceitful above all things. But the world will tell you, listen to your heart. Remember that one? I know I'm moving with him, of course. You're going to save so much money. Listen to your heart. Oh, come on. Your wife isn't loving you the way you should be loved. Go to your coworker. Come on. Listen to your heart. Look what the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he'll make your path straight. Come on, anybody grateful for the word of God? And so, so how do I find direction, purpose, an aim in my life? I'm feeling lost. Well, well first, I need to break some unhealthy habits. Number two, I need to then create some good habits in my life. Create some healthy ones. Do away with some unhealthy ones and then start creating some healthy ones in your life. Right? Like, What are some things in the Word of God that you know are good for you, that the Word encourages? And we could talk about this for the next couple of hours, but I'll just share a few. Like, like the Bible says, don't stop gathering together with brothers and sisters in the Lord. In other words, hey, God, you know what I'm going to do? I'll, every Sunday, I'm going to get into God's house. Come on, I'm going to get planted because the Bible says that those who plant themselves in the house of God will flourish. I want my life to flourish. I'm going to plant myself. in. The, come on, that's a good habit to create. Maybe you're saying, Alex, you just want people to go to your church. You go to any church. I don't care. You don't have to come to this one. I really don't care. As long as you're in a Bible teaching church and you get yourself planted and serve the Lord in that church, it will bless your family. It will bless your home. It will bless your relationships. Come on, that's a good habit to have. Like, hey, before I do anything else, I'm going to God's house. Go to God's house. I'm making sure my spirit is right and my mind is right. Right? That's a good habit. You know what's another good habit? Get in a connect group. Get in a connect group. The Bible says that there's wisdom and godly counsel. Maybe I've been going the wrong way because the counsel that I've had is not godly. Maybe I need some men and women of God that have the same spirit, have the same vision, are on the same journey. We're all trying to make it together. Maybe I need to get in a men's group. Maybe in a women's group. Maybe I need to get in a marriage group and, and try to figure this thing out together. That's a good, healthy habit week. I'm going to go hang out with some brothers and sisters, have some pizza, play some Uno, and talk about life. <laughs> That's a good, healthy habit to create. I'm going to start putting God in first in everything that I'm going to grow track. That's a good, healthy habit. Hey, I'm, I'm going to start my day with prayer. Come on, that's a good, healthy habit. First 15 minutes of my day, I'm going to give it to the Lord. God, 15 minutes. You really deserve 24 hours, but I'll give you my first 15 minutes. God, bless the rest of my day. God, I need you. I see. Come on, that's a good habit. You know what's a good habit? Worshiping not just in church, but every day. God, I'm going to worship you. My lips will praise you. Every single day, I will worship the Lord. That's God's will for your life. 
is to have some good, healthy habits in your life. How do you know that? 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, says, Rejoice always. Somebody shout, always. Come on, can you say it like you have some coffee or something? Come on. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Alex, what is God's will for my life? I, I really don't know. Well, I know three things that you could do. You can rejoice, you can pray, and you can give thanks. Come on, you can rejoice, you can pray, and you can give thanks. Come on, you can rejoice, you can pray, and you can give thanks. I'm going to create some healthy habits. I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to say, rejoice, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all of his benefits. All that is within me, I will bless the Lord. Life may be difficult, but I'm going to rejoice. Oh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to give thanks to God in all seasons of my life. I may be lost. I may be seeking direction. But God's will is that I will rejoice, that I will pray, and that I will give thanks. Come on. That I will rejoice, that I'll pray, and that I'll give thanks. That's God's will for our life. That's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Where do I start, Alex? Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. But I'm feeling lost right now. Angry with God. Start walking in His will. And you know what? No matter how I feel, it's not about my feelings because faith is not about feelings. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to give thanks. And as I start taking those steps, He'll show me His will. So I need to get rid of some habits. I need to start creating some good habits. I'm going to look in the Word of God and show some habits I need to start forming in my life. Third and finally, we need to take some faith steps in our life. You may be lost, but, but the Word of God shows us at least some steps that we can start taking. Today, some of us in here, we need to start taking some steps in the right direction. I know you're feeling lost. I know you're feeling confused. I know life is throwing all kinds of things at us. But in the Word of God, we can find some direction and some steps that can't, we can begin to take. Alex, well, what do I do? Walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. What we need to do is trust God, and we need to have some faith to say, you know what, God, I know you're leading me. I know you're guiding me, so I'm going to walk by faith. Now, now I understand. I understand that, that walking by faith can sound kind of, okay, that's sure, whatever, walk by faith. And a lot of times if we're not careful, we'll think that walking by faith means walking blindly or just taking a, a leap of faith into some kind of blind, blind spot. But I want to tell you that our faith is not blind. We don't have a blind faith. Oh, come on, listen to me, Calvary. We don't have a blind faith. Oh, yeah, you people are people of faith. You guys are just, you know, you guys are blind faith. That's it. That's what you guys are. No, my faith is not blind. In fact, the true definition of faith, it's an action trust. In other words, I have active trust in something that I know. I'm trusting in something, not that I imagine, not that hopefully. No, I'm trusting in something that I know for sure is certain. That is what faith is. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. In other words, faith isn't blind. Faith is just sight of a different kind. 
I don't see the same way that the world sees. I see differently than how the world sees. I don't see the way that you see life. I see life differently than you how see how you see life. I stand on the word of God, and if I stand on the word of God, I know this is a sure foundation, and I can take a step in the right direction. It's not a blind faith. It's a sure faith. And God's promises are sure for me to start stepping on. And I need to start taking step by step in the right direction. Some of you today, you know what we need to do? Take a step in the right direction. I know you're here. I know you're lost. I know you're confused. But as you read the word of God, you'll find the will of God. And you need to take a step in the right direction. Come on, tell your neighbor, take a step. Take a step. Take a step. Come on, tell somebody, take a step. Take a, what's the step? Listen, what's the step that you need to take today? Some of you need to step out of some things and step into some things. Alex, but I'm lost and I don't know all of God's will. You don't. You don't. But you can take that first step in the right direction. Some of you know what that first step is. Take that first step. I love what Dr. Martin Luther King said. Dr. Martin Luther King said this about faith. He said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Taking that first step. Today, I'm, I'm going to step. I'm going to take a faith step today. Life has been hard. It's been confusing. But, but I'll take a faith step. When you start taking faith steps, you'll realize that perhaps you've never really been lost. But the whole time, he was with you. And the whole time, he's been guiding you. And the whole time, you've been right in his hands. And that maybe life has left us feeling lost, confused. But there's a God that never gets lost and never gets confused. And he knows the end from the beginning. Come on, that's our God. And that's how good God is. I'll finish with this example. I'll finish with this example. And I've shared this before, but I was thinking about it this week. A couple years ago, in, in the year 2012, when the Miami Heat had the best team, most dominant team in the history of the NBA. I loved it. I was a huge Heat fan. Still I am, but I was watching every single game. I made sure not to miss a game. And I remember one night, for one reason or another, I couldn't watch the game. And so I, I left a recording on my, on my TV. Come on, anybody love TiVo? Remember TiVo or DVR? I left a recording. And I think we had something at church that we had to go to. And then we had to go back home, and we were going to watch the game. And I think that night I was watching it with my dad, and we were going to go back home and watch the game. Now, I'm the type that I can't wait to go home and watch something that already happened. So on the way home, I got on my phone, and I, I found out the score. Anybody like me? Come on. I just I need to know the score. I'm the only one, okay? I need to know the score before I get home. And so on the way home, I opened up my phone. I think it was it was game three of round one playoffs versus, I think it was the Bulls or some team that was really not good. And, uh, and I, I saw the final score that we won. And so I just got excited. And, and now I could relax. I could watch the game relax because I know the final score. And so we went to the house and started watching the TV and, I remember my dad, it was my dad or my brother, they, they were just nervous because the second quarter we were missing every shot. Halftime happened, third quarter came out. We were, we were just looking sloppy and it looked like the Bulls were going to win. And in the back of my mind, I was laughing because I already knew the score. <laughs> I said, oh, don't worry, we got this. Come on, it's going to be all right. Oh, don't worry. Hey, I think in the fourth quarter they're going to turn it around, right? Because in the back of my mind, I had already seen the score. Can I tell you, there's a God that already knows the end from the beginning. And so you may feel lost. You may feel confused. 
but perhaps you're already there where God wants you. Perhaps you're already there in the palm of his hands. Perhaps your life is right where he needs you to be. He's guiding you. He's leading you. He's directing you. And I know you're confused. I know you're nervous, but he's got you right where he needs you to be. Maybe some of us today, when you say, I'm, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. I'm not lost. I'm not confused. I'm in his hands. I'm in his hands. My life is in his hands. I'm, I'm already there. Right where he needs me to be to start this journey. I'm already there. Come on, let's stand up on our feet all across this place.